Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC Chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet on um, the handle the marketing anu um, also follow me on linkedin um, with my, my my name anu adikbola um, and join and request to join the ppc chat roundup group where open to you know anyone who wants to learn about paid media just uh, make, make a request to join and i'll add you in for you to get all the latest and some you know nice insight into the discussions that we have um, on the PPC chat handle. Um, also, we also have an Instagram page, which is at, at uh, PPC chat underscore roundup. And that's to just hear some of um, the pre- previous quotes and snippets um, from um, the previous podcast um, episode that we've done. So going on to today's topic, we've got the amazing Julie Bicini again co-hosting um, with Richard Fergie on what I'd like to call the mysterious art of PPC forecasting. So I added the mysterious art. It's really just the topic of PPC forecasting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, when I think of forecasting, I just think it's very much a finger in the air guesswork game which is why i call it a mysterious art and um i'd even sometimes and sometimes i'd even find that my good old trusty microsoft excel graphs and tables um i'm still struggling it it still struggles to help me in some situations so thankfully richard and our merry gang of experts give us some very much needed um you know ways of some more dipped in facts and algorithm ways of looking at PPC forecasting. So let's get started with um, Julie welcoming us. Um, She goes, um, hello and thank you for joining me today. Our guest host host is Richard and we will be talking all about PPC forecasting. I'm excited for this topic as forecasting is hard to say the least. But first, how are you doing today? So yeah, a bit of a roll call. Um, Yeah, she asked um, Richard to... um, yeah, to introduce himself and um, let us know what he's gotten up to. Brad Bradowski, um joins us today as usual, going doing fantastic and feeling rejuvenated after being in the mountains all last week for vacation. Oh, that sounds lovely. I wish we had some mountains near where we are here in London, but no, mostly flat around London. Um, ready to learn more about PPC forecasting, specifically interested in the machine learning aspect, aren't we all? Um, Richard um, introduces himself saying, I'm doing really well today, going out for a lovely early morning row and then have been ticking um my uh ticking through my to-do list fairly well hopefully this chat will round out at the end of the day nicely it always does for me julie goes i'm doing okay in philadelphia shaping up to be a nice spring day here the puppy is a bit ornery after doing her first overnight stay at doggy daycare on sunday night a sure sign she's extra tired bless her um andrew joins us saying hey ppc chad good to see y'all um Julie then goes on um, to ask, yeah, just gives our our nice PSA announcements of um, saying before we get to the questions, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. So if you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community, please. So don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers are, of course, always welcome too. So yeah, sure, there are people who just um, join the chat to see what answers people are giving. 
Richard then um, goes on to introduce him, probably introduce himself. He said, hi, everybody. I used to be involved in PPC chat um, a lot in the good old days, but I've drifted out of the community a bit as um, my work has moved away from paid search and more towards analytics and data science. Forecasting has been a big thing for me over the last year. Everyone has had to forecast Every has had to reforecast everything, yes, um, because of COVID. If you are, are living under a rock, <laughs> and I have a product called Forecast Forge, which is a handle, a Twitter handle, for, so Forecast Forge, which can help with bits of this. I'm happy to be able to come back to my roots and talk a bit about it with you all in PPC chat. So yeah, welcome back, Richard. John Kagan joins us as well saying, I took a vacation and slept eight consecutive hours for the first time in nine years. Wow. Um, Cammy goes, yeah, good morning, all doing well here, but can't be too active today. We'll catch you on the PPC chat podcast. A good shout out to our podcast there. I hope people saw that. I'm going to retweet that right now. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, I so said feeling energized after a run and drink ready because I've got branded mug, branded mouse pad, and um, I've got a branded, um, which we call a pop socket that allows you to um, have a good hold of your phone. Um, so yeah, and some stickers as well. So very excited to get my branded merch of the podcast. And Julie also like gives our pretty much um, PBC one-on-one rules saying questions will be numbered as they are tweeted, posted Q1, Q2. And when you answer, please start your answer tweet with um, A1, A2 and be sure to include PPC chat hashtag. I say that as well. Mainly I read that out <laughs> mostly because some people missed that, missed out some of the PPC chat handles uh, or some of the putting the answers on their questions. Um, but I think we only had one offender today. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's going to be a good chat. Definitely. Um, so Julie asks as well, PVC forecasting is a big topic. Would you like to define the types of forecasting for the sake of this chat, uh, Richard? And yeah, he kindly does that. Starting with, um, I split forecast into three overlapping types. One, forecasting something you've never done before, e.g. we've never advertised on LinkedIn. How much will we get from that? Um, two, forecasting doing more or less of something you've done a bit of in the past. The big one here is what if we increased or decreased the budget? Three, estimating trends and changes in everything else, e.g. what is the seasonality for CPC and conversion rate? Is overall surge volume in this niche going up or down? And then he continues saying machine learning is not so useful for one unless what you are doing is new for one client and you have data from others. This is when all your marketing knowledge is super important. Machine learning can help a lot with parts of two and three. And then we have Julie taking us to question one saying, yeah, let's get started. Are you currently doing any kind of PPC forecasting? If so, what kinds of forecasting are you doing and how are you doing it? And how confident do you feel about your forecasting? I feel that's almost like three questions in one, but... <laughs> We manage it. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Richard answering that one saying, I'm not quite a lot of type three. I'm doing quite a lot of type three forecasts at the moment, mainly around trying to figure out what will happen after lockdowns, etc. I'm talking to a few people around scenario planning with media budgets. Um, he continues the lockdowns um, slash COVID's one is particularly interesting. 2020, 21 has been a very odd time and it seems very likely that things will return to a bit more normality afterwards but the question is how much not all of the e-commerce growth is going to disappear um 
Paul replies to that saying, I'm thinking lockdowns are going to be a thing for at least the rest of my life. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Richard goes, well, I hope you're wrong about that, but it might make forecasting a bit easier if you turn out to be correct. Yeah, definitely. Just in reality, I'm hoping um, that that is wrong. That's a bit of a pessimistic way, pessimistic way of doing things. Thankfully, we've started easing out over here in London. Julia replies to question one saying, I think everyone wants some insight into what happens after these days. Regular forecasting is more along the lines of what should we spend or how will results change if we change our budgets? I can't say I always feel super confident in forecasts. So she can't say that she feels super confident. So some lack of, lack of confidence there. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Ken Chang replying to question one saying, YouTube forecasting through Reach Planner um, appears to be more accurate for large budgets. Alison Miriani replies, I do a lot of type two forecasting. If we increase our budget, how will that affect the results? I'm not super confident in the forecasting. It's usually an educated guess and then just testing to see if guess is correct. That sounds about right. Sam replies to question one saying, we do a significant amount of model development plus forecasting, um, which leads to most uh, and most of it of its time it most of it is a time series or casual um though we've started integrating more qualitative data into both of the of those to see if we can't increase robustness so again i'll say we do a significant amount of model development plus forecasting um and most of it is a time series or ca a causal though we've started integrating more qualitative data into both of those to see if we can't increase robustness um we've then got but yeah, my answer and I was like probably going to soon be looking into the type two about the work, um, about to work with some clients that are already doing PPC and we'll start with analyzing whether they need to be doing more. I doubt I'll be confident um, with doing it because I've not done it in a long while. So that will affect it. But also because I find forecasting a very mysterious art, as I've mentioned already. Um, Abdus, Samad, Abdus Samad replies to question one saying, I do normal KPIs formula based forecasting with help of Data Studio. It's fairly accurate. Steve Gibson replies, um, not right now because the account I'm working in has other priorities. As for confidence in forecasting, I'm confident I can move things in the right direction, but how far, in my opinion, is unpredictable. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question two. I think that's actually still question one. <laughs> I'll say, uh, work hard on that, Glenn. Um, he goes, we are going, uh, we're doing some type of type two forecasting going by Richard's categories. Typical example is getting new product and estimating how reallocating budget will affect results. Um, and then Andrew Miller replies to question one saying, um, yes, especially for larger spend accounts, we look for growth opportunities and try to estimate diminishing returns as we expand out from core campaigns. Um, and in reply to Alison, um, where she had said that, you know, it's usually an educated guess and then just testing to see if guess is correct. We've got Richard replying saying, making an educated guess and then more, most importantly, testing or checking to see how good your guess is, is the best way to get better at forecasting. So yeah, just keep guessing um, and, and measuring and testing until you get it right. And in response to question one, we've also got um, WTF SEO replying to question one saying it depends. Um, wait, does that work for all PPC questions like it does for all SEO questions in SEO chat? Definitely WTF um, SEO. It, it, I, I actually thought it originated from um, our 
um, our complexities with being able to do forecasting for PPC. So, mm, there you know about that. So, and then, yeah, we've got some, even Alison replying to that saying, when it's type one forecasting, yes, always feels like a shot in the dark when it's a new client and new ad medium. So, yeah, definitely it depends. And then we've got Brett Badovsky replying to question one saying, um, I use the various forecasts you can pull via Kenshu. I also use what you can pull from Google ads as well. The accuracy of the forecast provided by Google seems to be lesser than that of Kenshu for whatever reason in my experience. So yeah, less accuracy by Google because I've actually found that they're always trying to get you to put your CPCs a lot higher than what it actually needs to be. So yeah, when you set it to the recommended levels, always check to see whether you can bring that CPC a lot lower, but still get your similar um, click volume. I, I always find that that seems to be the case. Um, yeah, following on from Richard's answer about saying that making an educated guess and then most importantly, testing and checking to see how good your guess is, is the best way to be better at forecasting. He continues two non-machine learning rules for making better forecasts actually care about getting it right. Number two, keep score. Check how close you were and evaluate where you went wrong and keep rolling on that medium and keep, and, and you know, and keep doing it better. So Alison replies saying, keep score is a great tip. We have weekly client calls, so are definitely motivated to care as we have to back up why we did the test and what were the results. Yeah, I spoke to a friend about a test um, one of um, her colleagues did, did marketing um yeah, a marketing test that they did and it just sounded like all the parameters of why they decided to do the test was just totally wrong. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, testing is great. I'm always protesting, but some, some, when you're just wasting money and throwing it against a platform that is definitely not going to work. Eh, don't know about that. Someone needs to get fired. Anyway, John Kagan replies to question one as well, saying every goddamn day, largely done by combining insights from impression share lost or gained, seasonality and macroeconomic factors, um, i.e. obscure holidays, stimulus checks, unemployment, etc., um, and then we've got Steve Gibson replying to question one saying alternate answer generally apart from is this worth, t worth testing? I'm not too concerned with forecasting. For me, the goal is improvement. How much improvement is something that you'll soon discover? Yeah, exactly. Although some clients will still ask for the next month, how much do you think we should spend? <laughs> anyway, Julie takes us on to question two saying, if you are doing PPC forecasting, are you using any tools in your process? Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, an answer to that. Yeah, I was like, I was straight into that saying that with Excel was always my go-to in terms of forecasting. Not sure if this still exists, but there are actually some predictive formulas in there that could be used for forecasting. And um, I like that Richard actually replied to that saying that there are some formulas in there that um, mirror, yeah, miracle in the Meti Archibong, um, Archibong even, sorry, miracle. I'll just say Miracle. Miracle gave us some great, he, um, he said that Richard, um, yeah, Richard said that Miracle has given us some great formulas um, that she's blogged about um, in a few places um, as to how to do forecasting in Excel. So I need to check that out. Um, Sean Ellie replies to question one though, saying right now doing a lot of type one and type three forecasting. I almost feel like we're talking about the different levels of diabetes right now because it's always, you know, mentioned in type one or type two. Is there a type three? Anyway. We're talking about forecasting. 
Uh, continuing, he says, getting new clients that have either not tried Google ads before or don't have much data for the type three. We are looking at 2019 data to project and throwing out 2020. Sam replies to question two, saying that we use several ranging from Excel or Tableau for the basic ones to R for more complex models. We don't use a ton of platform-based forecasting models just because their accuracy has been suspect has been suspect, and it's easier to integrate other data into your own model. He continues, the commonality for these models is that all produce a range of outcomes plus a confidence interval um, for the range. I strongly dislike point forecasts because one, there's a degree of luck involved. Two, there's volatility in everything. And three, the message matters. And um, Glenn replies to that. Amen. It's better done in-house, Sam. Um, yeah, which a lot of companies um, do do. And um, in this point, um, Julie just inter interjects and says, um, Richard, please feel free to talk about Forecast Forge here too, which is um, one of um, Richard's tool that helps with forecasting. So yeah, mentioned it before. Check out the handle at Forecast Forge. Um, we've then got Lior replying to question one saying, as an avid analyst and optimist, I strongly dislike <laughs> forecasting. I once forecasted taking a brand from 20K in monthly sales to 60K within three months. Ooh, found a great marketing angle and hit 500K in the first month. So I don't do too much of it. Wow. So absolutely overshot that target. I don't know. You know, sometimes... I feel it's dangerous to show that huge performance because it then just shows that it makes it look like if you don't know how to do forecasting, which I think it's not about you don't know how to do forecasting. It's just that there's some elements that you cannot, you know, predict. So it's a very, very tough one. Um, Alison Mirani replies to question two saying, I use the tools built in the ads platform. So for Google ads, I would use the budget simulator or the campaign target CPA simulator, not stimulator, simulator. Um, Sean Ellie replies to question two saying, using an internal tool to help with seasonality forecast for brand new forecasting, I use SEMrush and the keyword planner to get ideas and cost and potential impressions. Keyword planner has been underestimating CPCs recently from what I have seen. And then we've got Brett replying to question two saying, as mentioned in my previous tweet, when I have access to Kenshu, I'll use it to help with forecasting in some instances. I'm interested in learning a bit more about Richard Fergie's Forecast Forge. Um, we've got Abdus replying to um, Richard, where Richard had asked, what, what is KPI formula based forecasting, which is what Abdus um, indicated as to the kind of forecasting um, that he does. And he goes, it's the summation of month to date plus last seven days stats multiplied by the days left helps in getting calculated predictions on what my KPIs will look like at the end of the month. And we have Richard replying to question two saying, um, I have a few tools in my toolkit, as you might imagine. R is a great programming language for experimenting with lots of different models. And I also eat my own dog food <laughs> with Forecast Forge, particularly when I'm trying to make something that others can edit and uh, he continues the important idea with forecast forge is that i believe you need a lot of domain knowledge around the business and around ppc to make a good forecast i think that being able to use this knowledge in combination with some machine learning is a way to get better forecasts forecast forge works in google sheets so you can easily edit the inputs and customize the forecast with what you know the business know about the business um, this means you can help the algorithm um, recognize 
recognize patterns around new product launches, dates of sales, above the line activity, and a whole load of other things that I can't even think of because I don't know your business or clients. Exactly. There's loads of different factors that you have to take into consideration when forecasting. He continues, for, for example, if you sell mobile phones the day after a new iPhone launches is going to be a big day for you. Without extra context, it is very difficult for an algorithm to look at the data from, um, yeah, a previous two two different um, date ranges that he has put together here. I think the first is like the 12th of, oh yeah, 12th of August 2017, um, the 12th of October of September 2018 and basically yeah and then the 10th of September 2019 to predict 2020 um 10th or 10 to 13 so yeah different date ranges previous year and year data to predict the future year and year um data and then we've got um um Julia Vice saying um yeah hi everyone diving right in I'm doing forecasting but it's a little different that when you might expect I do volume searches for four to six weeks promos and top ups based on new messaging ah the non ecom search world <laughs> bless her. And then we've got Alison Miriani replying to Sean, where Sean had said, um, using an internal tool to help with seasonality forecast. For brand new forecasting, I use SEMrush and the keyword planner to get ideas. Um, Alison replies, I like SEMrush and SpyFu as well for this. So that's S-P-Y-F-U. Um, our clients always want hard numbers, but these give at least a rough idea. And that's why everything is mostly a rough idea. We've then got Julie taking us to question three, saying, what do clients typically request when it comes to PPC forecasting? Forecasting, Do you think that what they ask for is what they actually need? Do they ask for things that are difficult to forecast? Um, from my experience, it's just been like, what am I going to spend next month? And hoping you're going to say it's going to be less than what the budget um, they have is. So yeah, it's always difficult to give them the right answer especially when they don't you don't have the right data to work with um and then yeah we've got Alison Miriani replying to question three saying um once on board clients have better expectations I think of what can be forecast accurately the prospects who are interested in working with you but haven't yet want hard numbers of how much do they need to spend to get x number of leads and that can be anything um ken chang replies to question three even though he doesn't put the fact that it's he's answering question three naughty ken um share a voice most would like to show click and impression share traffic and expected conversion rates um julia vice replies to question three saying typically clients want to know what competitors are doing how much they should spend and what return they can expect and they hate that all i can give is estimates yeah because it is all we can anyone can um give um we then have brett replying to question three saying on my end they tend to want to know with x amount of dollars how much revenue do we believe we will be able to generate and at what roas what i find more difficult to forecast is new initiatives with little to no historical data same here brett same here um we've then got up julia vice replying to um um richard where he had talked about yeah forecasting forecast forge and then he goes um this means you can help the algorithm recognize patterns around new product launches date of sales above the line activity and a whole load of other things that i can't even think of um, because i don't know your business and he she goes it's the managing unknowns for me so much is planned based on way fewer inputs than we'd prefer so that's why i'm always like i'd rather not 
full cost. When I'm, I join a company, I'm like, let's do research. Give me the data. If we don't have any data, let's start measuring. And, you know, let's see what the current activity is producing and then work on growth. And once we get a year's worth of data, then we can predict um, and, and try to get, you know, better stats based on the first year's data. Um, and then, yeah, Julie replies to question three herself saying clients often want absolute figures for how much do we need to spend on this platform to get X conversion sales leads? So many variables in all caps, <laughs> especially with new or newer clients. I always look at the post click process as part of any forecast too. And she continues because if there are, there are site issues, my work could be brilliant and if executed perfectly, but the end results conversion sales leads will be lackluster which is why at the end of the day when I do a forecast and especially the bit that is all about predicting conversion I always put the caveat well if something goes wrong on the site that can't be my fault and what we're actually primarily um, in charge of doing is driving traffic to your site and not necessarily actually converting it um, and so Sam replies to question three saying I've yet to meet the client who doesn't want to know the answer to if you give you, if I give you X, what can I expect in return plus over what time period? Of course, that question is maddeningly, um, maddeningly <laughs> difficult to answer. Almost impossible. I think, uh, yeah, I replied to that saying, especially when I've, and I've experienced this, you aren't yet allowed to look at their previous data and their industry can be very volatile. Sam replies, this is why project Projection, plus, uh, projection ranges plus confidence intervals are key. There's a metric ton or two of uncertainty that is baked into any forecast. Right you are, Sam. Right you are. Um, and then, yeah, I replied to Julia Vice where um, Julia had said, it's the managing unknowns for me. Um, Richard replies, oh my God, yes, it's never going to be perfect. But for a lot of solutions, either a person is trying to do what a machine can do quickly or a machine isn't being given the right inputs even though the person knows them. So yeah, unless you give them, give, give the machine as much data as you, as you, um, you've got, remember garbage in, garbage out. And then we've got, um, Julie replying to, um, actually no, that's Sean Ellie even replying to question three saying potential clients during sales process are usually the ones that press for performance forecasts. I usually refuse to forecast performance outside traffic potential. Abdus replies to question three saying generally clients will want a month on month growth projection, which involves KPIs. I have found some clients getting into the details of even asking for forecasting of metrics like impressions, CTR, and then comparing with actual figures. That was too much work. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'd just say no to a client for that one. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll have to make an agreement. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question three saying, we'll echo Alison Miriani here saying, though to, um, though to please clients with forecast answers and don't often bring them in the tent unless they know how to contextualize forecast info. That's a very good um, one there. And I'll say again, saying that um, though tough, that's the word, not though. There's no H in this one. <laughs> There's only one H in this word. 
Tough to please clients with forecast answers and don't often bring them in the tent unless they know how to contextualize forecast info. Julie takes us then to question four saying, what is the hardest part of doing PPC forecasting for you? Do you find any one type to be more challenging? New initiative platform predicting performance on existing platforms with budgets change or general trends and definitely for me it's the one where it's like a brand new um you don't have any info on the data yet um that i found to be uh find to be the hardest one so yeah type one forecasting for activity you haven't done before has definitely got, got to be the most frustrating for anybody and it's usually when i rely on google data and being frustrated when Google says your CPC should be £1.50, but then when you go live, I'm efficiently running at much less than that level. So yes, I'll take the advice of Google to start off with, and then I just keep on week on week reducing that CPC and seeing whether volume is being affected or conversion is being affected. And if it's not, I keep going in that direction until we get the sweet spot. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Sarah Steeman replying to question three saying, luckily for me, our clients don't ask for exact perfect forecast. And if anything, this year should teach us models don't have certainty as we try to model COVID, etc. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Vice replies to question four saying seasonality and new announcements. No matter the tool, I can't predict whether people will like your new stuff. I can expect a certain increase in searches when I run awareness media at the same time but expect a high bounce rate because it's brand new um and then yeah we've got sam replying to richard where richard had said not being able to integrate data into your own model also means you are not developing your own ip or a moat not sure if this is the right word here for your business or clients. Sam replies, I think moat is the correct term here. At the end of the day, your client is paying in part to learn. And if that knowledge is fleeting, so too is the advantage to it conveys. Um, and then yeah, Alison Miriani also replies to question four saying, I definitely think new platforms or new clients are the hardest. If clients is in the same or similar industry to current clients, it's much easier. So yeah, if you've got your own hands-on data even if it's a, a competitor that's better than nothing um, and then we've got sam replying to question four saying anything with a small sample size can get diced quickly distinguishing between linear plus exponential growth early in a series is tough and determining where diminishing returns plus market saturation hits is rough sean ellie replies to question four as well saying new accounts are the most difficult for me really hard to rely on outside tools and your knowledge of those tools and how they skew if there is a reliable data in the account it makes it much easier for me to give reliable forecasts given a change to budgets or threat or trends um sarah replies as well and it's um yeah, she, she goes, um, the hardest part about forecasting for me is being confident in something that I deep down am not confident in. I get asked how much I, I, I get asked often how much should we spend and with no account history, I can give a guess at best. So, yeah, forecasting with no previous data is absolutely useless. Um, then Julia Weiser replies to Richard where um, Richard had talked about seasonality. Um, being one of the things that machine learning can help a lot with new announcement, not so much when um, Julia talked about seasonality and new announcement affecting performance. Julia replies, not worth mentioning. I aim at Canada orders of magnitude, smaller data set, but in the plus column, we're really nice. They are really the most lovely <laughs> of people, the loveliest of people. Every Canadian I've met, I just, I'm like, ah, oh, can I be your best friend? Um, Glenn Schmelzel replies question three. Um, no, 
well, replies to um, Julia saying we got our nice demeanor from the British. <laughs> oh, is Glenn Canadian as well? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think that Canadians are definitely, definitely nicer um, than than the British, to be honest. Glenn replies to question four as well, saying for B2B, it's how wildly um, S ranges because of variables, especially post-click ones Julie mentioned, going from CPC to page conversion rate to demo MQL to SQL to sale, a 10% swing on one of those um, S's messes up the end goal entirely. A lot of like um, hashtag letter and just hashtag S um, that I'm not sure the context of. Anyway. And then we have Julie replying to question four saying new platform forecasting can be tricky. I like to follow the advice of Dwayne Brown and install platform pixels on sites way before we might actually start advertising on them to gather audience data. And then we have um, Julia Weiss replying to question four saying testing new platforms. So many clients want a firm plan or even a guarantee from a test. It's a test. Part of testing is managing the risk that it might not work perfectly. Yeah, some people don't understand that. Um, Ken replies to question um, four, I believe, saying not being able to easily automate the estimating process, working on a quick way to estimate using predictive formulas, working on a mobile app not as nice as Forecast Forge as my app is really rough around the edges. So is Ken saying that he has his own app or, or the app he uses on someone else? Um, and so, yeah, we've then got, um, when we're talking about season, well, Richard talking about seasonality, he was also uh, mentioned here saying, also interesting to note that Cyber Monday is much less of a thing relative to Black Friday in recent years. So yeah, the weekend coming up, big thing. Well, once the weekend is over, eh, it's a bit of an eh. And replying to um, Julie, where Julie mentioned about Dwayne's advice on installing the platform pixels on sites way before you might actually start advertising. Julia replies, um, absolutely. And if you have audience tools, I'm a spoiled hold coke brat um, or even universe numbers. You can plan an appropriate but not too high test budget to start with. And then Julia, uh, Julie even takes, on to, uh, takes us on to question five, saying that when you provide forecasting how do you position it do you provide any caveats or disclaimers when you share a forecast if so what do you typically say yeah and i say that i go in with a plethora of caveat of caveats um and just to name a few um the ones i go it says i just say it depends on competition marketplace weather google updates um above the line activity so tv outdoor etc and some other things that my magic eye i um just can't see so yeah loads of caveats and loads of it depends on um and one thing one that i i was actually quite annoyed that i didn't mention is like seasonality as well seasonality changes um yeah this time april last year looked very very different but then that's covid but even yeah previous april and april before can't really say or oh, you can't always say it's a good measure but you can't always say abdus replies to question four saying forecasting isn't tough when one keywords have low search volume two there's less or no historical data uh, yeah forecasting is tough 
in, <laughs> to these points. Um, there's less or no historical data. Industry is very niche. Sales cycle is long or complex. Attribution is not clear. Yeah, those will definitely prevent good um, forecasting. Julia Weiss replies, yes, always position your data based on what is known, what you're trying to accomplish and what you can't foresee. Never provide a forecast without a position, in my opinion. And that's to question five. Answering question five as well, we've got Sam saying, I provide more disclaimers than a Lipitor commercial. In all seriousness, a forecast is an educated guess based on limited data and specific fixed assumptions. There is luck and randomness everywhere that we simply can't account for in any projection. And then we have Ken Chang replying to question five, saying that it is an estimate and only a best guess estimate, not the actual performance of the actual campaign. Actual performance could be much better as I tend to be conservative in my campaign forecasts. Julie replies to question five as well, saying I always lead with these are all the estimates based on the available data and are in no way a guarantee of what will happen if we do X. We'll also call out any particularly volatile elements in play that could erupt at any time and make the forecast useless like a pandemic um and then yeah we've got sean ellie replying to question five saying so many caveats this is just to give us an idea these tools are good for trends but not absolute numbers these are what i typically use in the sales process for my own clients i don't have to say this as much um and then yeah we've got um brett himself as well replying to i say brett himself Brett, the Brett himself, um, replying to question five, saying caveat attribution lag. If the client happens to be looking in platform, I like to make them aware that it's possible that not all conversions have been reported yet. So the data they are looking at may actually look better at a later time as things backfill. And then to answer question five, Steve Gibson replies, um, I say these are conservative numbers and there's and here's why I think we can hit them. Julie then takes us on to question six, second to last question of the day, saying, what do you wish you had to make you had to make PPC forecasting easier? Again, what do you wish you had to make PPC forecasting easier? Um, to that one, Richard goes, um, I am watching the answers to this one closely. I imagine just so that he can, yeah, make things better on his um, tool, which is the, um, yeah, the Forecast Forge. Um, Sam replies to um, question six, saying time to play around with Forecast Forge. Um, Brett replies, based on other users' earlier responses, it sounds like I should brush up on R. Yeah, I've never known how to use that. Julia Vice replies, just comes, just some acceptance. 2020 changed all consumer behavior worldwide and the algorithms did still don't know what to do. They have 20 plus years of history and one wild year of bonkers behavior. We're in testing right now, fam. We'll see. Yeah, we're definitely in back to square one. Glenn replies to, quest, replies to question six saying, knowing that wishes can um, be unrealistic, I'd like data science skills in-house and clients who readily agree to pay for them. Yeah, so that's a good idea. Sean replies to question six saying, some stability, as others have said, the last 13 months or so has just been crazy, which makes forecasting forward insanely hard. Ken, Ken replies to question six saying, uh, more industry verticals data only because I'm incorporating predictive formulas in my estimate forecasting 
And we have um, Julie Bacini as well replying to question six saying, I wish that the forecast within the platforms were better. It would save having to figure out ways to do your own forecasting if you could actually re reasonably rely on what you see in platform as a decent starting point. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? And then going on to our last question of the chat, she, um, Julie asks, are there any resources you've found that have helped you with your PPC forecasting or your thinking about PPC forecasting? And it's here like, yeah, Richard goes, this is the perfect time to plug PPC for my PPC forecasting article that I haven't written yet. So yeah, you need to send us a link to that, Richard, when you, um, uh, when you write it. Um, and so yeah, Richard then replies to Julie's answer to question six about wishing that forecast within the platforms were better. And Richard says, my biased view on this is that within platforms, forecasts will always kind of suck unless there's a way for you to tell them your marketing calendar, etc., so that the algorithms can use it. So, okay. I'm not sure if I accept that reasoning, but... <laughs> Let's accept it for now. Glenn replies to question seven saying, rather than tech, I'll give Silicon Valley. So that's Fred, um, Fred Valley's um, book, A Shout. Um, so that's his book that says digital marketing in an AI world. Um, it gives good examples along lines of Richard has been talking, extols power of blended data. Um, and then, yeah, Abdus replies to question six saying, um, if forecasts came with confidence intervals so we could explain the clients the probability of this event happening, it'd be awesome. Sean replies to question seven saying, excited to see the answers here. Um, and then, um, yeah, Leo replies to question four saying, performance can be very sensitive to changes. Our goal is to maximize a client's efficiency, maximize client results with minimum client input, um, i.e., budget one needs to make sure that the forecast doesn't become a limitation to how high to aim. So it's tricky, says it's tricky stuff, which is true. All of forecasting is tricky stuff. Um, and then, yeah, Richard, and, and continuing his answer where he says, this is the perfect time to plug my PPC forecasting article. He goes, I do have some draft slides that I've been using on some calls for scenario planning around budget changes and diminishing returns. Slide into my DMs with an email address and I can send them over. He also goes, there are also the these non-PPC specific articles on the Forecast Forge site. So yeah, just go to forecastforge.com to see all of those, everything you want to know about PBC forecasting. Ju Julia Vice replies to question seven, saying very big on answer the public on the public for awareness search. Looking at what questions people are asking is a very good way to start answering them. And not always on search. Answer them on Pinterest if it's a planning question, for example. So yeah, he so that first sentence very big on answer the public for awareness search. I totally agree with that engage with your community um ken chang replies to question 17 and cushing's book making data sexy that's a nice response to a tool uh resources even of course brett replies to question 17 whelp as usual i've learned a thing or two just from attending this ppc chat sesh yeah totally echo all of that certainly have some homework to do following this always so great to hear insights from fellow ppcers and yeah we come to our end 
of the chat. We are going to be on Clubhouse as well on Fridays now. It's going to be Fridays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. GMT. Um, so just think same time, but Fridays and especially for UK lot, that's a nice way to slide into our weekends. Um, I really think so. Yeah. Join us. I have got, I think about four clubhouse invites yet. So, um, yet still even, um, so yeah, and I'm giving them for free. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not any interested in, uh, to make money off that. So if you want a, um, a clubhouse invite, send me a DM, DM me your number. Remember it's Apple, um, devices only and um yeah go into official ppcchat.com as well there's st- several things that julie is doing on that side that's amazing about supporting um, the ppc um chat and um also things that you can buy there's merch on there you can buy um and and badges to show that you're part of this official ppc chat um but yeah that is some amazing chat we've had to to, to round us up i will mention um abdus's answer to question seven about his resource because this lady might be my colleague very soon Ooh, keep that under your belt um abdus goes i found the below video by michelle s michelle um m sem to be very useful to learn about forecasting so that's a, um, a youtube video so yeah go on um youtube search michelle m sem and go PPC forecasting and you will find the link there. Brett very kindly shares the link to the Clubhouse event. Um, And yeah, Brett even has 10 invites as well. And he too, he's giving them away. So DM Brett Bodowski, and that's at Brett Bodowski, if you want. Anyway, enough of my rambling. There's been some great chats. There was a little bit of a secret given away by um, the head guy that's head of marketing at um, at Optimizer for Fred, that his second book might be coming out very soon. Um, but I think that's an announcement for tomorrow. Anyway, it's been great chatting to you all. Hope you've had um, a very t- enjoyable time um, listening to me talk through some amazing advice that's been given by experts about PPC forecasting. Hope you've taken some great takeaways. If you want to talk about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solutions, get in touch with me. Um, uh, or just follow me and let's have a chat about some of the, um, the, the tweets that I've mentioned. If, there, if there's anything that doesn't seem clear to you or you think like that, that advice is wrong. Yeah. Let me know. DM me. Uh, my handle is at the marketing Anu. I love engaging with my community and remember for your campaigns and, and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye. <laughs>